everyone it is dave and jeff it is june 7th 2020 dave i t- tell you what i spent the day in coronado today i was in santee ah oh, shit same thing <laughs> santee is the coronado of the east <laughs> God damn, how Santee is it all boarded up or is it, it normal? It, it was really boarded up. It was, uh, is it? And then, God, man, there was, it, it's sad to see the way things are going. It was boarded up. The people in Santee, I'd recommend to anyone that thinks they're going to start something, don't, Yo, yeah. don't go to Santee. They are waiting to fuck you up. Man. Are they still clan tea? And is it so, still clan tea? Like, at, right? Like, if you go two layers into the onion. Are we back down to Clan T? Like, I know they've tried to... Look, I've been out there a lot. Me too, I, and I know a lot of people like out there. And I like it. And I coached out there for three years. I like it out there, man. That I've said it. That town center, Yep. that Barnes & Noble, the people that work there are so nice. We've been in a bunch of different restaurants. Yep. And, dude, my kids, whenever it's a game night playoffs or fight night or whatever. Dude, that's the wild wings. They love that staff out there is great. That target dude. We've spent a million bucks in that place. Can't go I in get there it. today. Fuck. No, he had a bunch of people standing in front of it, a Damn, big line dude. protecting it. Yeah. It's uh, it, it it's crazy. It, the funny thing is that number one, nothing's going to happen in Santee. Okay. Right. Whether you call it Clanty or clan Tucky, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, you, you hear Sand everything. Tucky. Santucky. So it's uh it, it it's one of those where man it's the wrong place to go and you hear all these rumors that all these guys are going uh Santee to make yeah, things happen. We've heard I, that for a couple of nights. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it cuz they're no. they're waiting for you. I mean, they're going up and down the street looking for anyone that's not acting right. But the people in Santee are calling out the people in La Mesa. Like what happened in La Mesa is not going to happen here. Yeah, basically they're a bunch of pussies up the hill. Oh, they can and bullshit. it's not and it's not going to happen down here. It's kind of the way Biden's calling out Trump on Twitter right now. Yeah, that's what Santee's doing in La Mesa. Well, I tell you what, man. I spent okay yesterday. I was up in North County, and man, you're seeing places boarded up because yeah. the small business owner, like you want to go. On in the village, you're like, dude, what's gonna happen in the village? Nobody's coming up here. What are they met? They're gonna fight you in their Crocs. But, <laughs> but I get it, right? I get it. Yeah. If you're if even you're, Bank of America was boarded up, yeah. And my son said, especially when you see it in La Mesa, my son said, uh, how many of these people actually were impacted? And how many are just doing preventative? And I go, gosh, I I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but I can't blame them. But uh, today, my sons and I were looking for something to do for lunch. Yeah. And we were going to go. I saw Ben and Woods the other day hyping up the doghouse burger and hot dog place up in Vista. Okay. But I know they have one downtown. And I said to my sons, I go, hey, man, Steve Woods told me this place is great. Well, you yeah. get down there and the downtown one, for whatever reason, you got to go through the app. You got to go through Postmates, all that shit. And we just didn't feel like doing it, especially when 20 yards to the left is Hodads. Oh, love Hodads. Dude, Hodads is so cool, right? Yeah. Just Mike Harden and, and the whole team that he's had there forever, whether you go OB and the one downtown. And for me, the one downtown, Dave and I worked diagonal from that place for ESPN 800. So we go to Hodads. How crowded was it? 
Well, it's only takeout right okay. now. They're only doing takeout. Considering that they're at 10th and Broadway, it's probably yeah. smart, right? They're like, I said, hey, when do you guys think you're letting people back in? She said, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so we get. How long did it take you to get your food? 10 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Did, Fuck, I'll great. be there tomorrow. Right. Dude, I'm telling you, it's one of my favorites. We always have that Dude. conversation about if you were on death row, need your last right. meal. It might be right there as the last meal. Right. I had a friend of mine lives north of the border. Goes because uh, I posted a picture of my son. We were in Coronado with the onion rings yeah. and the fries. Get a half order that blend, dude. They buff you out. This friend of mine, she goes, "Where the hell is that?" <laughs> She's like I'm flying down right now. So we went to Coronado. Went to Coronado and we hung out. There's a little kind of tucked away park. That we went to as when they were kids, not the main one up on Orange, but yeah. down the street. And David was just great, man. Like you're seeing families playing frisbee, kids are on the playground, but social distancing. That main park right across from City Hall up there, that was elbow to elbow, was right? It? Yeah, and you're like, oh shit. But uh, there's Julianne Moore's boob if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Where Boogie Nights is on right now as we're doing the show. Every time I see Philip Seymour Hoffman, I start to laugh. He's Yeah, he's unbelievable in this movie. So I'm sitting there. We're hanging out, reading Don Winslow's book, Broken, which is so goddamn good. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, let me, let me look at my phone. It's getting ready to be the end of the day. And our pal Jordan Bean. Yeah. Jordan Bean wrote something today. That if this doesn't sum up everything that has happened in the last two weeks, it's crazy to think the George Floyd video will be two weeks ago tomorrow. It feels like you could convince anybody it's been two months. But today they had a paddle out for George Floyd. You may have seen in North County they had a couple. But they had one today in Ocean Beach. And uh, Jordan Bean wrote, at the paddle out for George Floyd in OB, a speaker basically said... The following, we've had video after video of African-Americans being murdered, uh, murdered, excuse me, without real change. But one video of a turtle with a straw in its nose and we banned single use plastics. We sure did. And Jordan Bean wrote, that will stick with me for the rest of my life. I said, God damn, you're exactly right. If that doesn't sum it up perfectly, right? And Dave, we're driving today in OB, and uh, and there's people and there's families that are, you know, the BLM signs. They're all white. They're all Coronado people, right? And I looked at them, and I was like, okay, well, if you're doing it because this is going to look great on Instagram, or are you doing it because you really want to play your part in making a change? I don't know the answer. I don't know what it is for anybody. I mean, you saw it in Carlsbad. I've seen it in a bunch of different places, right? Um, I don't know the answer, man. But I hope it's something that sticks with people for months and years and not just a couple of hours or a couple of days. No, you're you're 100% right. I mean, we all hope that this is the change, right? This is is actually something that that has actually been horrible enough that we've all seen and we go, okay, there, there's going to be a change. This time it's the real deal, you know? Yeah. And that's 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 the direction that, that we want to go in this whole thing. As I said, I was in Santee today, and there was 
um, obviously there was a big march. There, mm-hmm. I mean, and you see this all over the place, not, of course, just in, in San Diego or different counties in San Diego. I drive back to Eastlake, yeah. and as soon as I get off the 125 and I make a left turn past Eastlake Park, there's another march. Now I'm stuck. Wow. And now I'm like... It was one of those where I was in Santee where like, man, I got to pee really bad, but, yeah. I, but I can make it home in 25 minutes. <laughs> it was like that 25 minutes turned into yeah. an hour and 15 minutes. It was, it was funny, but it's, man, you like to think there's progress at the same time yeah. you're running into people for some reason where the, the term black lives matter is offensive to them. Yeah. Right. I, I don't get it. I had a guy went after me on Twitter for it, you know, and said all lives matter. I said, I never said they didn't. Yeah. But what is what is the big deal? And a couple different things is one you've probably seen this one and and on my phone right now, but it's so hard to, to see right now. Is it's, it the one with the purple background? Yes, you got it's it. Right. Okay. Do, do you have it on your phone? Uh, I got it right here in front of me. If not, but I, I think it's worth hearing on why it's uh, why it's important. Yeah. Here you go. This is the one, and I've seen this one for the and this is directed to the people that whenever somebody writes. Black Lives Matter, they write yeah. All Lives Matter, yes. like my former father-in-law did, right? Who happens to be Persian. Uh, like this guy, such a dope. He, he can't quite figure it out. But but I saw this the other day, and Dave, I think this is the one you're talking about that's making its rounds. And it exactly right. For me, it sums it up beautifully, where it says, for all for my All Lives Matter folks, when the Boston Marathon was bombed, everybody's profile went Boston strong. Nobody said all cities strong. When Las Vegas shooting happened, people changed their profiles. Stand with Vegas. Nobody says, well, what about the people that got shot in my city? Have you ever seen someone counter a breast cancer post with, what about colon cancer? But for some reason, if somebody says Black Lives Matter, it turns into all-inclusive, all lives matter. It's not an either and or proclamation. When there's a crisis, we've always rallied around that particular group. It doesn't discredit or uh, diminish any other group. It just brings awareness and support to the group that needs attention. Yes. 100%. Uh, This one is from my friend Dustin Nickerson. Who's the biggest idiot and stand-up comedian? This is what Dustin wrote the other day because he needed broken up a little bit, right? It's really a commitment to think white people are a superior race when during quarantine the most talked about black man was Michael Jordan and the most talked about white man was Joe Exotic. <laughs> Nickerson, you're an idiot, but it's so goddamn true. He had another one, too, the other day that was so funny. He's just putting his shit out, that these little one-liners that should make you think about yes. everything going on. And he's like, if you don't think we're passionate, uh, hang on, where's this ass? I will say, though, while you're looking for this, if you get upset when someone say Black Lives Matter, there's something wrong with you. Right! And you know what? It, it's one of those where... Man, I'm hanging out with the wrong person. If I'm friends with somebody that gets upset with that, man, you know what? We got to reevaluate the friendship because yeah. you 100% not only are you not thinking like me, and it's not a matter of let's say you're Democrat or Republican, it's a matter of you have no compassion for for human beings. I just don't understand what's what's under what you don't understand about what's happening. We've seen not only the videos of George Floyd, we've seen a million right. of these videos now, which are so upsetting to watch. I saw one in a in a convenience store today that was recent, 
with a lady co- telling a girl of color, hey, you got to go back to your country. And she says, I was born here. Yeah, you, and she's in her face. And then she pushes the girl. Oh. And the girl smacks her right in the face. <laughs> and, and the guy who's filming goes, you deserve that. You, you put your hands on her first. And she's, oh, she lost her mind. She she wanted help. As, as you're looking for that as well, the yeah. Michael Che. You know who Michael Che is from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, of Life? course. Michael Che is a stand-up comedian like most of them are on SNL when they aren't uh, hosting or, or helping out on the show. Is he, he does a routine about Black Lives Matter. And he goes, do you understand how controversial this is? We're just saying it matters. We aren't saying anything else. We're just going, hey, yeah. do we matter? Right. That's all he's As human beings, do, do we matter? But no, he goes, people get really upset. There, there's a major issue, um, and I'm very pleased. I don't know about you, how you feel, but I like when you're seeing these protests across the country that it's not just black people who are protesting. You're seeing all all groups. You're seeing Filipinos. You're seeing whites. You're seeing Mexicans. You're seeing all groups right there with, with everyone understanding there's an injustice right now in this country that we need to fix. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, Dustin Nickerson, my buddy, comedian, sitting at home, bored. VH1's I Love the 2020s isn't going to be very funny for the first couple of episodes. <laughs> I like that one. But I kind of find, oh, yeah, people surprised over the intensity of this forget how much we fought over chicken sandwiches in the color of a dress. <laughs> Fucking kid. I didn't block this idiot. He's, I think he's getting better. He's great. I wish Jake was around to read Jake, this. That was Jake's guy. Jake would lose his shit and go, this fucking guy yeah. is not funny. <laughs> he's, but he's been on fire he this week. He's been on fire. He's, dude, one of my favorite guys. He's been on fire. Yeah. So so here, here's a, a tweet that came out on, on June 5th, and I won't hit keep hitting you over the head with it, but I find it interesting because there's rumors he's going to come back on San Diego Radio. Okay. And it's from Tony Bruno. Most oh, people yeah. all know Tony Bruno from ESPN, and of course he's done national shows forever, and he I believe he still does them out of Philadelphia. I think so, yeah. Tony Bruno on June 5th, he says, I will never apologize for my skin color, nor kneel before anyone. Hashtag all lives matter. Oh, fuck. He, he will not back down from the all lives matter deal and understand what, what's happening. Philadelphia's turnout yesterday, by the way, was so impressive. It was, it yeah. was amazing. Most impressive I've saw out of any city that it looked like there wasn't room to breathe. It looked like every possible person in, close to Philadelphia was there yesterday. The only thing we can do, Dave, is is worry about ourselves and our family. Uh, ignorance is going to be around you in every walk of life and right there. But I, I just say... The looting looks like it's slowing down dramatically. I right? hope so, yeah. That's that's the only thing that is upsetting. And he, I, don't, I hate when people say looters and protesters, meaning like they're the same thing. It's not. How about the paper that wrote, All Buildings Matter? <laughs> And then they're like, oh, God, we're so sorry. We have to apologize. Like, God, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, your window got chipped. I don't know, man. I just, uh, look, the, look, here's the other part that, yeah. that concerns me, quite frankly. There are people that have an extreme level of hate in their heart for people of color. And when they're seeing everything that's going on, whether it's the attention given to the George Floyd video or the reaction of the protest and the protest that got out of control, where is that level of hate today? Yeah. Is it at the same place where it was two weeks ago tonight, 12 hours before George Floyd was murdered on the street of Minneapolis? Or is it intensified to a level that maybe they didn't even think existed? That's what I want to know. Because when we go back to our lives, and a lot of us go back to the office, 
or the movie theater, right? Yep. There's still going to be discrimination against those of us. I thought Nick Canepa's article today. I was today about to say the same thing. Was great. And look, what he wrote about our friend Jim Trotter, we know to be fact. Nick wrote it. It's fact. Jerry McGee told me that story. Nick told me that story. Tom Krasovic has shared that story as well. These guys traveled on the road a lot. I went to a few games, and McGee and Nick, uh, Jeff Lavalley and I from Channel 10, caught a cab. I think it was in Philadelphia. We get over to the airport, and it's McGee and, and Jim and, and Nick, and they held the spot for us. I think they did the same for you and I in Dallas when we went, and yeah. a couple other Charger trips that I had been on. Same thing. They, they would travel together. That was the party. And Nick and McGee said, it's crazy to me in 2001 that Nick and I could walk right through this line and Jim repeatedly is held for yeah. secondary all the time. I mean, that shit happens. Doesn't happen to you. Doesn't happen to me. But I and Jim, like I'm sure that column meant a lot to Jim today. Is it going to change what happens to Trotter through the airport? I have no idea. I hope so. Am I going to be shocked if it doesn't? Not a bit. Yeah. These fucking guys, man. We just let it go. And it's bullshit. We just can't do it anymore. It's not fair. No, it's it's not. I um, It's funny. I sent Jim a note on Friday night, just a, a text, because I, yeah. I mentioned it on the last show we did, how good Jim was on NFL Network with Richard Sherman and Chris Long and those guys. R Jim Trotter's best work of his entire career, I thought, was last week. He was so good on every radio show and every yeah. TV show. And Jim, Jim, for people that know him, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was at the New Tribune and Sports Illustrated yeah. and ESPN and NFL Network, and he's, he's educated and has a college degree, and he's very well-spoken. And, and he's black, Dave. And it, But <laughs> I think we, we, we determined that part. God. But he's... He, you never see Jim fly off the handle. You and no, I fly off the all handle all the time. Like you and I have temper. CS flew off the handle. Yeah, That's CS, why I loved hanging with yeah. those guys. Jim is so even kill. Right. It's it's it, 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 it's it's crazy. But I sent him a text and I just said, dude, I, I gotta tell you, I watched and listened to I think as many things as I could find you on yeah. this week, and I've never been more proud to be your friend. I thought right. everything you said was so smart and made great points all the way through. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he um. He's great. I did the same thing. I was saying, uh, saying you know, just people that have impacted me. Yeah. Now it was great uh, going back to my house and seeing neighbors that live within a couple of doors and friends that are over and just seeing and remembering. Uh, I mean, just they're just friends, right? Yeah. They're not your Asian friends. They're not your, uh, uh, your, your black friends, right? Your Latino friends. They're just your friends. Yep. The one I haven't seen, and I wanted to see it, and I haven't watched it at this point, was Jim's reaction to Drew Brees. Because Jim was here yeah. when Drew came here, covered him, and I'm sure has dealt with him plenty of times over the last of course. You know, 20 years. And I wanted to see that one. Because Drew said what he said, right? I loved whoever it was that put out the five-and-a-half-minute Colin Kaepernick video from when he was a member of the 49ers, 
which absolutely slam dunk told everybody what it was about. Yep. It it should mean as much today as it clear did as, back in the time. Clear as can be. It, it's almost right. like it covered every possible argument right. you it's might like have. It's like he did it today, and you're like, well, he's just covering bases, except for he did it five years yeah. ago or whatever the time frame is. And uh, and you go, that's it. That's what it's always been. If you took the time to, to look at it, you would have known. And uh, and that was the one I I wanted to see. But at this point, but Drew's funny to me because now it's like now he's the guy trying to cover his base. And look, maybe he just fucked up. Well, here's the, the thing. Also, I don't know if you saw this because I don't think Drew's done a very good job on defending himself on this. The question wasn't basically what's going on with the Black Lives Matter and George yeah. Floyd. The question to him was, what does the American flag mean to you? Right. That was the question, and it came off. You just heard his answer, and it just happened to be the timing of what's going on in America right now looked really callous and really bad. Yeah. But he was answering the question differently than the way it came out, and then it just it killed him. And um, it's funny. I've had this conversation, because you and I have said this before. Uh Drew Brees has been great to us personally. He's been a guy that you always say, I root for the Saints, because Drew Drew Brees, and Drew Brees comes here to San Diego all the time still, and has a home here, and has given $35 million of his own money away to help people that that need it. And he's always been a good guy. And here we are a year away from him retiring, and it looks like he stepped in it to a point where he might not be able to fix his career, or his image, his legacy. To the point, let's say he got up in Canton, Ohio to give his Hall of Fame speech and maybe some of the guys in the back walk out. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not either. I hope hope not not. either. But you know what? I tell you what I think went a long way in him trying to fix his image. Number one, his press release sucked. Right. That was ridiculous. Right. And and then he got called out out for it. Then he did the smart move. He took the the letter. Yeah, then he took the phone and, and taped him where you could see his face, and that's what you oh, wanted to see, his face. Yeah. That that made it look a little bit better and see how sincere he was. And guys like Charles Barkley went and defended him right away. Yeah. And said, I've known the guy a long time. You don't understand. It was, you, you don't want to see bad things happen to, to good people, as we say all the time. I always consider Drew really a good guy. Yeah. But this was one of those where can he fix that image? In a year, I sure, I sure hope he can. Um, it, it, I, you hate to say one bad moment. It was a really bad moment. Yeah. It was a really bad moment at the wrong time. Also, the one thing I find interesting is George Floyd is, when you look at George Floyd's history, he wasn't the greatest guy going. I mean, no. let's not, let's not get, let's not mistake, doesn't, obviously doesn't deserve murder. <laughs> right. I mean, where but, you're but, but basically is, strangled for eight minutes. Yes. And my point is, it's, this isn't a George Floyd movement, in my opinion. This is what has been going on across this country for a lo- very long time. Yeah. And this is George Floyd's the face on there. I understand when the toxicology came back and he had fentanyl and cocaine in his system and he's been arrested numerous times. I got that. But it didn't sit there by a court dictate murder. Yeah. And, I mean, and, he was and, murdered. And, and he, he was definitely a murder. Yeah. And so you, you sit there and you, I watch these YouTube videos of people explaining and I'm like, dude, nothing you're saying to me is justified right now. It's very frustrating to see that people, yeah. I think, are missing the point that an innocent guy like Jim Trotter gets stopped over yeah. and over again. Yeah, it it's it's very yeah, it doesn't just begin and end with what happened in Louisville or what happened in Minneapolis or Georgia it, with the kids Georgia, jogging on the street. Right. I mean, uh, in the northeast, right? I mean, you just they're all over the place. Yeah. It it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And unfortunately, not all of them have been caught on camera. 
But the thing that stuck with me going back to the Kaepernick video, man, it's really good. Like, if you watch that, you go, shit, why, how the fucking NFL didn't immediately, you talk about how the NFL fucks really things up fucked things up. Boy, they should have embraced that guy and said, hey, you know what, man, we hear you. Right, Roger Goodell yesterday in his spandex shirt, hey, we hear you. We need to listen. Well, I didn't hear shit about Kaepernick when they asked him, what's the problem? And he said, it's the last line in the Pledge of Allegiance. Liberty and justice for all. And he said, right now, there's no justice for all. And that's why I take a knee. It's not about military. It's not about disrespecting. He said, I have nothing but respect for anybody who served this country and those that lost their life. But the last line in the Pledge of Allegiance is liberty and justice for all. And right now, we don't have it. By the way, it was a military guy here in San Diego that told him to take a knee. Told yeah. him that, that's, that's the way you should do. Yeah. It was a person currently in the military who told him, right here in San Diego, told him right. exactly this is how you should protest. Well, and that would have been a perfect time for the league to say, hey, you know what? Man, Colin, wow, hit that hurts. Yeah. Like what you did hurts a little bit, but let's work together and find it. League gets out in front of it with him. And you say, yeah, we got to find a way, right? The National Football League, we, we run this country we're going to find a way, whether it's with PSA announcements, we're going to work together in the community. We're going to have white players, African-American players. We're going to work with local police. We're going to go out to schools. We'll make the commitment. The National Football League is going to lead the way uh, with Colin Kaepernick to do that. And instead, they turn their back on him. The NFL is a bunch of hypocrites. So here yeah. you go. You have the, the month of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month in the NFL. Right. Then you have November, which is the military month. Just so you know, your tax dollars pay for that. Yeah. Everything you see the NFL do with the military in November, it's bullshit. It's not because, hey, we appreciate the military. It's because the military gives the NFL hundreds of millions of dollars for that campaign. Those are your tax dollars that pay for this shit. I refuse yeah. to buy one of those goddamn sweatshirts yeah. with my team logo on it because it's a scam. It's ridiculous. If the NFL really wanted to do the right thing and appreciate the military, they wouldn't take our fucking $200 million every year. Yeah, right. And and I'm sure they take money from, from the breast cancer awareness people. But you know what? You have September wide open. Yeah. This is a perfect month right here. We sit, we're going to start the season. And guess what? This is awareness month right here for Black Lives Matter. Well, the, the NFL has blown it for a long time and, and fucked a guy out of a career. You can say whatever you want about Kaepernick. The guy was a Super Bowl quarterback. Well, February is Black History Month, and there's no bigger stage than the Super Bowl. I know it happens early in the month, but you could do something leading into that. I mean, you, you make it happen, right? Yes. And you say, we're going to have the Pro Bowl and we're going to have the Super Bowl but we are going to recognize, and when the Super Bowl is over, what better way to get back into the community? We don't have any commitments. Nobody's playing games. Like, you find it. But instead, they turn their back. And, I and you know what, Dave? It, I mean, look, I think the problem is, too, I think all of us as fans allowed them to turn their back. It, I mean, We I, love the game so much, we almost allow anything, don't we? Well, sure. It's like, it's like a week from tonight, there'll be the documentary or the 30 for 30 on Sosa and McGuire. And... And they couldn't be polar opposites, but you get it. What what was going on in the game at that time was wrong, but we didn't give a shit because we're going out and watching guys exactly get 520-foot right. home runs. I was as guilty as anybody. Right. I loved it. Right. Like, when you watch, I mean, my kids love WWE. Now, it's a much different product today than it was in the early 80s when guys are slicing up their foreheads with razor blades 
and jacking their bodies up to 325 pounds on steroids. Go look at Lex Luger today. Yeah. Fucking guy looks like he's crippled. <laughs> but you look at that. Nobody said shit. Nobody no, was like, not. dude, what are these guys doing, man? Yeah. It's just like crazy. But but I think as bad as baseball was, as bad as WWE was, um, you look at the National Football League and you go, well, what happened in baseball and WWE impacted the game and impacted those individuals yeah. that made the choice. But what the National Football League could have done could have impacted our society. And they didn't do it, and we didn't hold their feet to the fire. The, the other day at, at an interesting situation, and it was – I was I live on a corner, but mm -hmm. on the corner I live on, you can leave my street either direction. You, it'll get you out on the same street. And so I'm – Gonna back my car out, or it's a it's a truck. Uh, if, if it's important, because my truck has Alabama shit on it, you know, Alabama yeah. license plate frame, I have the A trailer hitch, the whole deal. I'm wearing a trucker hat, okay? of course, and I'm playing uh, Skinnerd, and I'm <laughs> playing the Duke's Hazard, playing Luke Bryan, and uh, and I as I see a black guy who's jogging down the street, looks like yeah. an NFL player. The guy's always in good shape. Walk, drive, walk, by my house all the time. Runs by my truck. I see him pass me, so then I back out, so it's safe to go. So I back out and I go up the opposite way. Yeah, I'm pointing to Jeff. Go. Jeff knows, but I'm just pointing out to Jeff. And my mailbox is there, and I have a letter I got to put in the mailbox. Okay. So I pull over wrong side of the street. I don't realize at the time the guy has circled back around instead of keep running out yeah. the street. He's going to go out the other way. He circled back around. In his mind, I bet he's thinking this guy saw me in his rearview mirror, which I didn't pull over, get out to put the letter in, and we're face-to-face -face now, and he is scared. Oh, and, shit. And the look in his eyes were big. We're almost hit chest-to-chest, -chest, and I think he thought I was stopping my truck to fight him. Oh, and, shit. And I said, hey, how you doing this morning? And he looked at me for a like two-second pause. Yeah. I'm okay. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I go, all right, you have a good day. And I get my car, and then I drove off, and I said, fuck, I scared the shit out of that guy. Yeah. For everything that's going on right now, and who knows, maybe dick. it was a normal time. So Josh said, Josh goes, you fucking, fucking dick. What an asshole. But uh, for him, he had to be thinking. Dude, can you imagine guy. that, Dave? Yeah, like, I did. I felt like, terrible about it. And, and not just. But that. I would have thought the same thing. On the right. wrong side of the street, pickup truck, Alabama shit all over the place. Right. And this guy, 6'3", 230, Dude. gets out and fucking is face to face with him for no reason at 715 in the morning. Dude, so fucked up right now. Yeah. God damn, man. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it's it's terrible, man. You just got to look out for your friends. I think that's it. We just, you just got to look out for your friends and you got to stop letting your friends fight that fight by themselves. Right. I mean, yeah. the one thing it's funny, man, I had a really, really pretty long conversation with somebody who's really close to me, uh, who's gotten really close to me in the last year. And we were talking about different things and just the level of friendship. Right. Yep. And I've talked about this a lot. When, when Erica Lee committed suicide, it was a Wednesday night. I found out about it on a Thursday. On that Friday, I drove to L.A. I drove to L.A. because I didn't know what else to do. And I'm sitting on a bus bench in downtown L.A., right where the marches were and everything was yeah. going on. Uh, and I'm sitting there, and I'm realizing like 10 feet behind me, um, is where my friend took her life for 48 hours earlier to the minute. Yeah. 
And holy fuck, Dave, when the divorce happened, when I moved out, I was fucked up. And goddamn, just as I had started to put my shit back together, she fucking jumped and it was gone. And I was, dude, I was fucked up, broken, devastated that this person who had played such a huge impact in getting me back together didn't give me the opportunity to return the favor. I know you can't think like that, but it's just in the moment, that's where you are. And I was saying to this friend of mine last night, I said, I said, the one thing that we do, friends or family, we talk about, but there's also a loyalty and, uh, there's a loyalty factor. And when I sat there on that bench and I didn't fucking know left from right, my phone buzzed a lot and I was getting direct messages and everything else. But this one particular friend who, like I was really thinking I'd talk to the next day, was working behind the bench at a hockey game and is texting me. and was like, listen, I'm just telling you I'm right next to you on that bench. I may be a six-hour flight away. I'm just telling you I'm there. I got you. You're good. You were there. Woods was there. Everybody. But And they're all meaningful. The point of this being is that when I was as fucked up and broken as I have been, I had people that were there to put me back together, and I've never forgotten it. If you have people in your phone, what I said last week is, sure, it's meaningful to you. I don't know if it's as meaningful to them that you put the square up. Today, when people stand on the corner and they hold the signs up in Coronado, again, it's meaningful to you. What does it mean to those deeply impacted by what we've seen as the last two weeks, but the last five years? That's why you get on the phone and you say, I've got your back. You're yes. here. I've got your back. I'm next to you in this. I just need you to know what you mean to me. That's why I wrote, you know, different things. And the things that I do is keep it light. Remind them of funny things, right? Remind them of stupid things you guys argued about in movies. Or my friend Paul Vaden, who's the godfather to my sons with Dave, loves the Cowboys. I texted him the other day. I go, look. I'm sorry for what happened, but fuck you, Drew Pearson pushed off. <laughs> and I go, I'm a better guy for you being in my life, man. And I love you, your family to me. Fuck that game, but I'll talk to you soon, right? Yeah. And he just writes me back like a thousand LOLs and just right back at you. Yeah. That's the thing. Don't don't take the easy way out. Right. Don't take the way out where you go, hey, you know what? This this means a lot to me. Yeah. Right. You know what I did today, Dave? When I was brushing my teeth, I had my fist up in the air like 68 <laughs> Mexico City. Great. But have you called anybody? Have you yeah. texted anybody? Have you done anything to say, listen, man, I'm just telling you, you and your family, you're not fighting this alone. Whether you want it or not, I'm on your fucking team. And we got this. Yeah. And. And like my neighbors today, just the sweetest family. And I wanted to just go see them and say, hey, listen, like, I just got to tell you, you mean so much to me. Haven't you down here where there's been open discrimination against that family in that complex? I know it. And I've talked to them about it. But just to say, man, you know what? Every day when I see you guys, it's the greatest. 
It's the greatest when I see it. That's all you got to do. You don't have to make any, in my opinion, ask them, right? Because they may look at that and go, wow, you know what? How about Steve Woods putting up that image of Malcolm X? God bless him, right? But if you just call and go, hey, fuck, you know what? This impacted me. And here's how it impacted me. It impacted me because this is the impact you've made on my life. And I wish I could tell everybody how great you are. But let me just tell it to you directly. Let me just tell you the impact that you made on my life over these years and how thankful I am that we're friends and I'm sorry that this is going on in our society, but I just need you to know that this is what you mean. Fuck, dude. I'll bet you lunch at Phil's Barbecue, one of our favorite places to go. Dave and I were just saying tonight. <laughs> I'll bet you lunch at Phil's. That fucking brisket sandwich. So good. They have the Brian Wilson cheesesteak sandwich. Holy it's fuck. awesome. you love it. I think they have the Dan Cilio patty melt. <laughs> I'll bet you all fucking lunch there. You'll get a much bigger impact from the people that say, hey, man, I'm glad you're there. Because as somebody who's been fucking broken, when your friends come and rally around you, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. it's. Uh, we'll all go to Corbin's in La Mesa. That's another great bar- another see, barbecue place I can't think of. Corbin's, Phil's, Dickie's is great. I can't think. <laughs> we'll go with one of these places. Uncle Al's. He literally, Sean was literally wearing mm. a Dave and Jeff shirt today. And promoting how happy he is to be out. And he's wearing a guy named Damon Jeff T-shirt. Are you kidding me? Oh, fuck. There's Jesus, look at that shit. Yeah, I tell you what, for me, I'm not... I'll be honest, I haven't called one person I know. Well, I'm sure black, I meant a lot but, to him. But what I do is I think, I think the ultimate respect is to treat people the same. Meaning... I'm going to talk to you the same way I'm going to talk to anybody of color or race. To me, that's you're getting equal. You're, yeah. you're basically you're being treated as a human being. My point being, though, Dave, in the time when everybody's looking at them, and right, just I think ahead. they know who you are. Don't you think? Like, do you think at any point any of your friends that say, now, "I wonder what that, side of the fence Jeff was on"? No, they know what side of the fence. No, you're on. I, I. That's not the point. But just using the same analogy that I was saying whether it was the divorce or being away from the kids, right? And this dude, like, while I'll sit there and bust Aaron's balls for that show, right, and putting the same guest down five times a week, that fucking guy, (laughs) dude, I will be loyal to fucking Darren to the day one of us dies because that fucking guy took me out. Uh, I swear, I feel like he and I went twice to high dive. He doesn't remember either one. No! There's no chance. We got so... Listen, man, I'm sorry. We were both in uh, lifts. Yeah. Nobody drove. I don't think Darren cares that you tell people he's drinking. He says it right on the air. He's drinking all the time. Dude, that fucking guy, I'm not really a drinker. On a night when somebody needed to get me fucked up and laughing, Stevie Woods showed up, and we had a great time, and fucking Darren, God bless him, man. I'll fucking I'll be loyal to that fucking kid to the end. It was one of dude, it was one of the funniest fucking nights and he was great. And it was right after uh a couple days after um oh I'll tell you who else. A couple days after I had been here and I told you about dropping my son off. And he called and said, Hey man, we're going out. And you know the other guys I owe? Frank Anthony and Tommy Howell from yeah. uh from ten ninety. Yeah. Took me to Union in Encinitas. And, but by that time, I'd already been 
fucked up out of my head with Woods and, and Darren. But yeah, man, that's why you go, hey, radio or anything else. None of it matters, dude. When you're, and that's all I'm saying, Dave. Um, you just remember, dude. I'm telling you, you remember yeah. the guys that after Jake passed away. I do. Actually, I, I do. You remember it. I and do. that was a low point. And that's the point I'm making. When it's a low point for you and your family, and Costa's here, or me and you hanging out, uh, Julian hanging out, when you saw all the faces of the people that showed up that night at the memorial, dude, I'm telling you, it's different than just saying, hey, Dave, you know I got, you know I got your back. Yeah. No. Okay. But there are people that call and say, hey, listen, man, I'm just telling you, I'm watching, and you're you're in my mind right now. I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. That's all I'm saying. No, no, absolutely. I, I understand. It's um, it, it's an interesting time. I'm looking forward to doing shows that don't go this way, and and because right. this is important stuff. But um, it, again, it's it's sad that this is one of those things. I think you're some people are taught at home at an early age that this is the way it is, the way it should be, and then you realize people weren't brought up the same way, or for some reason have a fear. It's it's interesting. I got to ask you a, a quick question because Boogie Nights is on. As I well, just said a second ago, I had ago. one other story that I just wanted to say, and then we'll get to whatever. You. This is a story that Dave and I have not talked a lot about, but we have two friends. One guy's name is Dirk. Another guy's name is Scotty. <laughs> they work in the entertainment industry. Scotty is homosexual, but he's an incredible guy. He's a talent. He works on movie sets. Dirk's an actor. He's heterosexual, but he and Scotty are close friends. Scotty one night had a couple of beers, and Dirk's a good-looking kid. I think anybody maybe have seen his work, been in a couple of movies, right? Yes. Jack Horner movies. Yes. And uh, Scotty did something that he regrets that night, and he, he kind of tried to kiss uh, Dirk. It was upsetting <laughs> to both of them. But he those went and bought a car just to impress Dirk. Yeah. But those guys did one thing like so many of you have done in the past when they were struggling and not sure both of them how to handle the situation from what their friend did and their friend's reaction. Who they turn to the Dave and Jeff show. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think this is a conversation we have to have off the air. So Dave and I took Scotty to the flame. Right. Because, you know, brass rails down the street. <laughs> but we wanted to go to the flame and see if there were chicks in there. There weren't, but we t we got Scotty squared away, and then we took uh, Dirk to the Silver Spigot right down on Morena, and that's what happens, man. Friends are there for friends. So what were you going to say? They're there for friends. As we're watching Boogie Nights right now, yeah, I'm looking at William H Macy, <laughs> right? and I'm thinking, which wife is worse? Is it his wife in this movie that has fucked three guys already? Nina Hartley, or is it Lori Laughlin? Who has cost him fucking embarrassment and money? No, and he, you got the wrong Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Felicity Huffman. Which wife is worse? Felicity Huffman or the wife that bangs everybody at every party? Uh, the wife who's banging everybody <laughs> at every party. I think that's relatively, I think that's a pretty simple one. And I, n I never understood in this movie why, hey, don't leave her side. As soon as you she leaves your side, she's going to fuck some guy. Oh, yeah. In the alley. In a bedroom, she even tells him in his own house. Yeah, go sleep on the couch and tells the guy there. behind her, "Don't stop, big stud." <laughs> big stud. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so fucked what up. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck does it look like I'm doing? 
You got my, you got your dick in my wife, you asshole. <laughs> I'm like this poor guy. When he finally shoots her, yeah, and shoots the other guy, I'm like, fucking, it's about time. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I tell you what, it, this is probably not a movie to be playing right now, right? No, it's a, it's it, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. I mean, it isn't the actors yeah. are so good? And I will say this about Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I, I know nothing about acting, but I will tell you, he's in my top ten of Dude, best actors great. of all time. Dude, he's great. When you look at what he does here, he's so goddamn good in Capote. Yeah. But then... Talent and Mr. Ripley is great. Right. White man can't... No. Uh, what the fuck is uh, something along about Mary? Came, along came Polly. Along came Polly. That's what Fucking it is. hilarious. Oh, my God. That's what it is when he's shooting yeah. hoops, right? Yep. I was trying to think of what goddamn movie he was in. Dude, there's a bunch of them. And then you read the story about, you know, the what he was fighting, the demons yeah. he was fighting. Shit, man. It's crazy. Really good. You talked about friends. I want to mention this because you brought up a great point here. Usually I don't mention when people join Patreon. And yeah. we appreciate every one of them. I'm always, Absolutely. No, I'm always notified when a new person joins Patreon. Our good friend all the way from Florida, John Pratt, joined Patreon Get this week. Get the hell out of here. Yes. Became a subscriber this week. Dude, let me tell you something about Johnny Pratt. Johnny Pratt uh, was in an incredibly tough situation in 2012. And we've said it on this show. When we went to 1090, the 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 idea was I just got blown out of clinch gear. They were moving the company to Denver. The thought was that it was going to be Kaplan and BR six to ten. Dave and I ten to two into Darren's show two to six. Yep. Dave and I were thrilled because Kaplan, kind of like he is with the new 1090 was really the driving force, and Darren signed off on it. Darren had a lot of juice over there, and he and I and you uh, have always had a great friendship, and he was stoked. And that's what was supposed to happen. I never met John Pratt. Neither did I at the time. And uh, and they, they fucked Scott, and Scott got fired. BR gets fired, but it was really at cap. They went after Cap on yeah. that. We've told you this story. We get thrown in. We can't do any of the shit that we've done on any show. We got to do this bullshit, boring fucking show that you hear on 97.3 every day from noon to three. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is going to be great. I can't wait. We're going to have the head coach at Mira Mesa on. We're going to talk <laughs> about, guys, boy, I tell you what, that Matt Bush, you had some issues. What? <laughs> really? I know I got to get back into work, but I'm going to be 10 minutes late. <laughs> I got to hear this shit. Hey, let's take a look at the top 50 all-time San Diego number one picks. What about Rusty Hammerstein? <laughs> hey, he's a good player. Let me tell you something about Rusty. He came out of Fallbrook really quick off the bat. Really, the ball really jumped off his bat, Braden. Really did. <laughs> and I think last time I heard... He was a uh, head engineer at a software company. I think he's up in Fullerton. Well, thank God, because all of us would have been fucking tossing and turning every night, wondering what happened to that asshole. <laughs> a fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> he's going to kill me. He's not going to kill you. So that's where we were supposed to be. We get thrown in on that 6 to 10 show. Yeah. That whole fucking 1090 team had no interest in us being there. And I get no. it, man. They were loyal to Scott. I don't fault any they of them. They were dizzy and we were dizzy. Like right. We, we didn't know we were starting then either. 
Right, but that fucking Johnny yeah. Pratt, man. Yeah, was that a pro. Johnny Pratt. Pro's pro. Dude, he is. Really, honestly, and all the people I've ever met in my life, in, in radio or not, like the smartest guy I think I've ever Dude. met. He's a really bright guy. But it just... He, but he was... Here's here's something hard to do. Very loyal to Scott, which he should have been. Right. And he was very loyal to for us for 6 to 10. Never did. once did he no. half-ass it for us. Never. But the thing is, too, like, we knew he was talking to Scott... We didn't. It was we really, had no issue with that, though. No, of course not. Yeah, and that's what I would say to him. I would just say, "Hey, man, will you please get the message over?" That let me know if a skunk comes walking in this garage. Either there's a skunk right outside this garage. Oh shit! Or someone smoking weed right outside this garage. Is that Rita out there? <laughs> um, but that was the thing, and so he was great, man. Yeah, and he and Scott were tight. But I, I'm incredibly thankful for that guy. He could have really fucked shit up, and he didn't do it. Yeah, it was great. He was, he was a solid dude. It was great. So I'm very happy he's that, a he's, ninja. That, he, that he is, that, he, that he's joined the show. Two things I want to ask you before we get to the rest of the stuff. All One right. is... What happens if a skunk walks in here? I'm running like a motherfucker. I'm gone. That'll be the end of this show. <laughs> Just, you know, go that way. All yeah, right? I'm not going... I don't, I don't want us to crash into each other. No, I'm not going to be like Herman Munster. <laughs> I'm not going to run through the wall. <laughs> but you smell it? Oh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I tell you, man. Fuck. Um, All right. Maybe you should quick. shut the fucking door. While I'm talking, maybe you should shut the fucking door. <laughs> Dude, it's bad. All right, hang out up here. Yeah, man. no you kidding. Go. It's all right. Not like I didn't just do laundry and put them, hang For them sure. outside. Sugar's inside the house. I appreciate you asking. That would have sucked, too. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. There's a, never at once have we smelled a skunk like that. But... um. Oh, yeah, Bruce Lee's story, 30-30 was tonight. Did you okay. tape it? Do you have any interest yeah, in watching it? Okay. I did. I, I won't tell you anything about it. I did watch it. Good? Okay? Very disappointed. Oh, shit. And, and the only reason, thing I'm going to say is, have you ever seen the movie The Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, the Brandon? With the, yeah, with the Brandon son, Lee. Brandon Lee and yeah. the Warren Holly. If you saw that movie, you don't need to see this. There's nothing in there you're basically going to see that you go, I didn't know. I like the movie that Brandon Lee was in with Dolph Lundgren, yeah. too. What was that? That was a great one, too. That's uh, it was very sad, man, because his his ex-wife is in this thing like like crazy and um, which was awesome. I, I didn't realize she's been married three times. Uh, dude, I, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about uh, it. So and, and anyway, it was. Uh, but yeah, disappointing. And it's not, not because they did a bad job. It just I knew more about him than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize how much I knew about him. And I was interested in watching because i think i was like two years old when he died like, yeah but i remember people had bruce lee shirts and you always heard the name and and uh it, it, it's an incredible story it just i already knew more than than i thought i knew put it that wow. way so i was i was hoping right. kind of for a jordan thing it was only 30 for 30 i've watched where i was like ah fuck that wasn't what i wanted i will recommend if you have showtime to watch this it came out in 2018 it's because laura ingram told lebron james to shut up and dribble oh dude how about her yeah it's uh the, the lebron james three-parter of the shut up and dribble is outstanding it's really oh, wow. good it goes okay. all the way from uh bill russell to to the nba right now and it, it's fast paced it's three parts it's really good um but it, it's outstanding if you haven't seen it, it is worth your time okay. watching it is very 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 good and want to mention Rache Caldwell, former Charger, yeah, passed away. He, he was shot right outside his home. God there are going to be more details to it. 41 years old. Here's the sad part. When you're a pro athlete and you die. I don't know about you. Whenever a pro athlete dies, mm -hmm. first thing I think about, well, how good was he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is the wrong thing to think, right? Because everyone, all these guys, his former teammates today came out and said, dude, he was the guy that kept the locker room loose. He was always cool. had a smile on his face. He was he cool was as cool. shit. 
And he, in my mind, I'm like, fucking the guy was a bust for the Chargers, basically. And, and you sit there and go, that doesn't matter. The guy lost his life at age 41. Yeah, horrible. Horrible story. Good dude, man. Sorry to hear that. Uh, one thing I'll give you guys, if you have MLB Network, tomorrow night, documentary Bob Costas and Tom Verducci hosting documentary about Vin Scully. And I put a clip on Twitter today. I sent it to Dave and to Nick. Uh, it's Vin's call of Jack Clark's home run. Yes. Off of Tom Needenfjord. Yeah. Dave, you, you hit the point. Like, I sent it to you. Vin's call is so goddamn good. And when you when you think about it, you go, dude, that, that's got to break his heart. Yeah, he's paid by the Dodgers. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the Dodger employee. And you would never know it. Never know it. The excitement factor is so fun. He's so great, man. He, he's so right. fucking good. I was I laughed. You didn't respond to it, but I laughed when I said, well, they were still the team in the 80s. Yeah, they, sure. They, they, yeah, they the only team to win two World Series. But I'll tell you right now, as a baseball fan, that 88 yeah. Dodger team has to be one of the worst teams of all time. Dude. It was a yeah. terrible team. You had Oral Hershiser and everybody else sucked. Gibson was cool. Gibson, but he didn't even play in the World Series no. outside of that one at bat. That's all he needed. That's it. And a lot of people who don't know history think that was to, the walk-off. It wasn't yeah, the no, Joe Carter home one. run. It was game one. But it was it, that team was so fucked up. You had a backup catcher and a backup first baseman and a yeah. backup third baseman. It was Mickey Hatcher uh. in left field is a fucking scrub. And you but, sit there and you go, what the hell? But Vin is so fucking good. I, I agree with what Jeff said. If you get a chance to to watch how good he is, it's uh, it's it's incredible. You and I have appreciated him for a long time. And to know that he did most of the time by himself yeah. is incredible, especially when you think yeah. whenever there's an injury or a pitcher has to come out and now you have to sit there and stall and just talk. Holy fuck, dude. Dude, I, I was saying today, I thought about him today when his final – round coming through here yeah i always tried to just avoid him or just say hello and have a brief conversation with him this was the year before the final trip down so the year before and he came down and i said to him vin can i bug you for 10 minutes to talk about fathers and son in baseball and i could tell he wasn't really but he said okay I said, man, I, Vin, I'm telling you, I respect your time. You tell me the time and place, and I'll be here. And I'm telling you, it'll be 10 minutes. And uh, I feel like it was like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series. And he said, be here Wednesday at 4.30, and we'll go. I said, great. So I'm there. I walk in. You can kind of see like, oh, fuck. Fuck, I made a commitment. But he did it. <laughs> I kept it 10 minutes. We talked. It was so goddamn good fucking recorder i'd used every day at 1360 every fucking day it didn't it didn't oh, go shit. it didn't go damn it and i i just uh like i i fucking run that thing every day you yeah. couldn't just be in bed that's awesome but he was so great doing it i wish i had for my kids but it's like saying to my kids right you, you and i had him on in, on well ESPN. he was unbelievable yeah because yeah. katie mosher got well, wait, no, no, the, no. That no, I I got that one. That, you got that, that was, one, yeah. Mosher but, got his all those drops. Yeah, but that was when you and I yeah. were ESPN. I remember he was great. He was coming on. I've only been nervous, I think, two times on the show. Yeah, and that was one of them. That we gotta one, have was that Duke one Snyder. somewhere, yeah, right? One hundred percent. All right, we gotta find that. Actually, one. I have. The, I know I have it on my phone. I see that one's easy. To oh, dude, you gotta send phone. that one to yeah. me. I want that. Um, I'll say this about Vin. There's a great story, and I'm gonna leave some of the names out. 
because I don't know how much of this is known, and and so we'll just be respectful. Um, there was a person that used to work on the Padre broadcast when they were on Channel 4. When they were on Channel 4, this individual worked on pre- and post-game shows, and they had family that had come in from out of town. Padres are playing the Dodgers. They go in, this, and this story has been confirmed to me numerous times. Uh, this individual takes their parents into the Padres TV booth and says, hey, hey guys, my parents are here. Mark Grant gets up, great conversation. The play-by-play voice at the time declined. Said, hey, I'm getting ready for a game here. Uh, next door was Vince Scully. The same individual took her parents over to see Vin. Hey, Vin, I'm sorry to bug in. Remember, Vin worked by himself. Yep. And Vin jumped up immediately, as he always did. Well, hello there. Right, Dave? Exactly right. And spent what I've been told, whether it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes, and shaking hands and telling stories like this individual from Channel 4 was the most important person in Vin's life. That's who Vin is because he knew she's the most important person in their life. Yep. And if you don't fucking see that in this guy, that's who he was every time we saw him. Different level, man. We've seen every NFL guy come through this town. We've seen every Major League Baseball guy come through this town. I honestly have never, as great as some of them have been, incredibly nice guys, either at the local level or the national level. Dave, I'm not wrong, right? Yeah. There is nobody, nobody that was at the level of Vin from skill as far as a broadcaster, but the class that he showed to everybody. You're right. The way he treated the kitchen staff at Petco Park was unbelievable. He would hold court at this table He'd always have a napkin tucked in yep. to his collar. And you know who sat next to him? His spotter and his camera guys yep. and the stat guy and all, his director and anybody from San Diego that could find a chair. Come on in. On the elevator, he loved the writers. He was the best. I'm just... <clears throat> and yeah. that's why... I, I've said there are people that you you want to meet, and unfortunately they don't they don't they don't live up to it. No, they disappoint you. Jerry for me, Ted for me, amazing. But as much as I love Jerry, and as much as I love Ted, and those two guys would say the same thing. Vin was insane. Yeah, at being at a different no, level. You can't say anything bad about him. I'm there. God, almost no. every other guy that you you can rip him, and not guys here yeah. in San Diego, but there are a lot of guys that you, they might be great on the camera, but when that camera's off, they're the biggest assholes right. in the world. And it's 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 sad to see, but that's just the way it is. Vin has been a pro man all the I way. I can't through. wait to see this tomorrow. Yeah, you I, know the crazy thing too. Vin never like Kurt Smith wanted to write an autobiography about him, yeah. and the book is called Pull Up a Chair, and Vin didn't participate. Man, Vin. Vin's been through some tragedy in his life, but but big time. But you know what, man? He was so nice to everybody, 
And I'm sure, Dave, people in San Francisco or Denver, St. Louis, yeah. or wherever he went, tell the same story because he just, God damn, man. Yeah. So thankful. So it, thankful that we had the opportunity. And, and so that was the year before. The following year, I see him in the food line. Remember, you and I had the Dodger media guide, and yeah. his picture was on the cover. And we talked about having him sign it. And I felt like I'd already bothered him the year before. I wasn't going to do it. And he's in the food line. He's just sitting there, right? And I said, Vin, I said, I just want to tell you, I've seen you here for 15 years, and I just want to tell you the impact you've had. Just thank you. And he was so genuine and so nice and shook hands. I think the the recording from the year before had already slipped his mind, thank God. And uh, and just the nicest smile and the most sincere handshake. And I remember I came back to you and said, you know what, man, I'm not, I'm not going to ask yeah. him to sign it. I shook his hand. I yeah. thanked him, and he said thank you back. That's all I needed, man. It was great. The um, last thing I'll say is I remember one of the first times I met him, I was, uh, I was in my 20s, and my mom was turning 50. Mm. And my mom's not a baseball fan, not a sports fan, but when I grew up as a kid, Vince Scully was always on. Right. And I used to ask her, I'd go, why do, you, um, why do you have the Dodger games on? You aren't even a Dodger fan. You aren't a baseball fan. She said, his voice makes me feel good. Right. And I told him the story, and he signed a ball to my mom. Happy God. 50th birthday, and I mailed it to her. And she kept it on her desk for to the last day she yeah. worked. It, it meant the world to her that Vince right. Kelly signed a baseball to her. Just just uh, a class guy all the way through. I've never met anybody like him as far as this business Tomorrow goes. night on MLB Network. And just yeah. watch it and understand. Because you guys know, we don't like anybody. Yeah, we don't. We, we, we don't. We, we, don't. <laughs> we don't like we anybody. We rip everybody. But that goddamn guy, dude, I'm telling you. He's just, he's so, he's just a different level of cool. He is. Yeah, absolutely is. But that call, well, there, that blankety plank, well, it's sort of... <laughs> Says, should I pitch that blankety blank Van Slyke? I'm like, if you're Andy Van Slyke, you're like, what the hell did you say, Ben? <laughs> well, the rhetorical question. Oh, goddamn, the call is so good. That yeah, is so fucking all funny. All right, before we get to celebrity birthdays, because there's a shitload of them today, and we get to uh, stay or goes, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is the guy that wants to help you out. Right now, are you in debt? Right now, are you concerned about your money? Did the last three months throw you off? They shouldn't have. You should have been prepared. You should have had money in the bank. You should have been able to move around a little bit with your money and understand how it can work for you. Dan Williams is that guy. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. So many people don't have control of their finances. Again, Dan wants to make it so you get out of the rental market. You can buy a home. He can talk you through the process and how it works. These aren't one of these long phone calls where he's trying to sell you something. He will explain things to you very quickly and help you understand it. This call can change your life. 858-688-6813. All you have to do is take a look at the rental market local in the city of San Diego or throughout the county, and it really should tell you the decision should be pretty simple because why are you paying somebody else's mortgage when you can be paying your own? The way you get to that point, though, is by having your cash flow and your credit score in line. That's why you got to make the first call to Dan Williams that number again is 858-688-6813. Brian Kerr is your guy for that perfect house. Once you talk to Dan and you figure out what you're going to do and what you're going to buy and where you're going to live, Brian will help you out. You just tell him the neighborhood you want, even the street you want, he can get you there. Brian Kerr is your guy. He's the best in the business. He's the guy that will help you find that perfect house. I talk about this process all the time. I was talking to Jeff about it before he uh, we started the show. 
And it said, you know, we haven't found the perfect house for us because we keep yeah. kind of stepping back. But at the same time, Brian tells us we yeah. haven't found the perfect house. He's he's the one you would think is the one that's going to be living there because he's like, guys, we can do better. And he yeah. will walk you through the process and take time through uh, this whole ordeal. And moving isn't always easy, but when it's finally said and done and you get in the home that you feel most comfortable in, Brian Curry is the guy that's going to get you there. Again, Brian Curry is a guy you want to call. His number is 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Funny, Dave, being in Coronado today and talking to my sons, they're like, man, Dad, like, how did these people end up here? And I said, well, you know what they did is they didn't wait. They didn't wait. They made the call when they were ready. They trusted somebody to help them, and they got into the house of their dreams. And I said, now there's probably a lot of people that are in that same position. They just need that person to help them get there, whether it's in Coronado or Cardiff, anywhere you want to go in between. Man, there are so many great neighborhoods in this city, and Brian knows them all. Knows the school district, knows what the HOA is going to cost you, knows what the backyard's going to look like, right? And probably will be able to give you a pretty good read on what the neighbors are like as well. Man, it's a big decision, but it can be an incredibly fun decision. When you're a homeowner, you walk a little taller, yep. man. You walk a little taller. All of a sudden, things you didn't think would matter, like buying pea gravel. <laughs> I talked to a friend of mine the other day. I said, what are you doing? I got to go to Home Depot and buy pea gravel. I'm like, calm the hell down, rock star. Tommy Lee. Uh, but when you're a homeowner, all that stuff matters. And you know what? You're going to love it. It's the best part. Call Brian. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. He could put that perfect pool for you right in your backyard. Guess what? Next week's going to be a scorcher. Oh, yeah. It's going to be extremely warm. You're going to wish you had that pool. If you don't have that pool right now, you got to call Alan Taylor. If you have that pool, but it's on a working condition, you got to call Alan Taylor. New equipment, repairs, pool resurfacing, installation, you name it. He can do it all for you. Best part is if you don't have that pool and you're thinking about what you want, he can put you through the 3D design virtual tour and take the guesswork out of all of it. Make, give you an idea of what your pool will look like before he starts building it. Alan Taylor at Taylor May Pools is 619 619- Four four nine four four five two six one nine four four nine four four five two. Got a text right as I was walking in today. We are sold out of the Charlene Tilton special. <laughs> seventy five people answered the call. Actually, I think it was closer to seventy eight. I begged Alan and his team extend it out for three people. He said, "Well, if we were going to do that, then the number would have been seventy eight. The number was seventy five, and then he hung up on me." So, sorry, I wanted all of you to have that pool so that when your friends showed up and they looked out, they said, my God, is that pool impressive? What is that? A Christmas tree? Bullshit. <laughs> That's a perfect silhouette of Miss Charlene Tilton when she was on Battle of the Network Stars. Some bitch. That's a good looking pool. Hey, you can have the same one. I don't have any specials. I was going to ask him, do we have a new special tonight? He just hung up on me abruptly. Because business is going on. Shit, they got to put a shovel in the ground. Get a mask on that face. So you call Alan, you tell him, one, he owes Jeff an apology for trying to sell three more Charlene Tilton pools. And then, two, you tell him, hey, Alan, talk nice, man. You hot it. Did he blew me off yesterday? Well, he probably is. Yeah, maybe it's your fault. Did he? So why'd he blow you off? 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, <laughs> hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Can I come by and see you? Absolutely. 
We'll give you a call when we're ready. <laughs> Dude, 9.35 at night, still no call. And I'm like, <laughs> I literally did not leave my house because I was waiting for Alan Taylor to call me and say, now's a good time. There's no nothing. What? Fucking guy. I think he was out by the pool all he day. He was. He's out there in the lounge chair. Yeah. Drinking Labatt's. Drinking Labatt's. Watching Strange Brew. Son of a bitch. Listening to Brian Adams. <laughs> Watching the best of Michael J. Fox. Son of yeah, a bitch. God damn it. Damn Listening it. Listening to Glass Tiger. Completely wasted my Saturday, that motherfucker. Oh, that son of a bitch. Well, he'll return your call. He knows me and Dave have nothing to tell him. <laughs> call the TaylorMade Pools. Talk to Amy. She'll get everything done. Jesus. Then Alan and his team will come out there. Should have called Amy. She would have called you back. Kyle Fluke is your guy for that perfect website. Right now, do you have a website that needs help or are you looking to start a brand new business? Whatever it is, Kyle Fluke is your guy. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Congratulations. His son's birthday. I think 13 yes, I saw. Got a teenager. Man, what a good guy. And how many different uh, businesses have learned what Dave and I learned? When you are doing your website, it needs to look great because people are not going to give you a second chance. They're going to look one time, and if it's not there, then they're going to move on to your competitor. Don't let that happen. Call Kyle Fluger. Say, look, my website needs help. Either it's a complete uh, rebuild or from the ground floor. Either way, Kyle's your guy. Look at what he's done for us at DaveAndJeffShow.com or jakesprojects.org. Find out for yourself. You'll understand why so many have made that call. Okay, here we go. How old are they and how much they're worth? June 7th is a very popular day for celebrities. At the same time, the money is very surprising on some of these. Okay, we're going to start okay. off with two guys who aren't with us anymore. We're going to start off with Prince. Oh, shit. Prince, huh? Let's say Prince. 62. Exactly right. 400. No, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to say 500 million. Three hundred million dollars. I think that I think it's more than that. Okay, because well, you because you guessed that, or yeah. you're just telling me that. All right, here we go. Dean Martin. Fuck. You know he said everybody loves somebody sometime. <clears throat> Died Dean, in nineteen ninety five. Would Dean have been? Oh shit, ninety five. God damn, that's twenty five years ago. I want to say Dean would have been one hundred and four. One hundred and three. All right. Very good. Um. Well, if he, I think he's making money off those celebrity roasts. They're selling the <laughs> shit out of those DVDs. I'm going to say he's worth $18 million. $30 million. Wow. Okay. Okay. Here's one that's surprising is Tom Jones. Tom Jones is the fucking man. Tom Jones is the man. I'm going to say he rolled through the Del Mar Fair a handful of years ago. That fucking guy, he, he, he's what they call in the streets, Dave. He's cocksure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he's a true coxman got married oh, yeah. at 16 but he banged a lot of chicks along the way you know he did he said it says it everywhere i read today it says he fucked this chick that chick this chick yeah um tom jones say he's 78 80 years old no shit yep um he's on the voice over Is he really? in london yeah tom jones has gone as far as skin color goes opposite of sammy sosa you know, darker, darker and darker. Every picture I saw of him, I'm like, dude, voice is pretty good. Singing in there. Yep. Knocking out Delilah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he's probably worth some bank. I'm going to say he is. I'm going to say he's worth 60 million. Dude, you aren't even close. 
How much? Three hundred million. No shit. He's worth the same as Prince. How the fuck's that possible? Yeah. See, I think Prince is more like well, yeah. Goddamn, uh, we know the answer to that. I think Prince is worth more. I'm going to say $600 million for Prince. Good for Tom Jones. How about that? All right, Liam Neeson. Oh, shit. That fucking guy's going to stop having kids. Every time he has one, somebody's taking one. <laughs> no shit. How many times Take is that going to happen? Yeah, fuck. Maybe Jesus. CPS. Hey, maybe you yeah. lock the door tonight, no Liam. No shit. Maybe that's what happens. Uh, Liam Neeson... 67. 68. God, I'm so good at this. I win both showcases. Uh, how much is he worth? He's probably made a lot of money. I'm going to say $200 million. 145. Do you remember uh, his wife died in 2009? Yeah, Skin accident hit her yeah. head. He was cool, man. I saw an interview with him. Pretty, uh, pretty cool guy, man. Pretty cool. Bill Hader, one of my favorites. Bill Hader's great. Uh, I'm going to say Hader's... 38. 42. 42. Fuck. $25 See, that makes sense to me because he's doing Barry and everything else. Says only $12 million. Really? Yeah. I would have guessed more money too. Yeah. All All right. right. Got three more for you. Allen Iverson. Oh, fuck. Dude, I tell you, they were playing. I was watching SportsCenter. They were playing that clip, the practice clip. God damn, dude. I was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) Um, we were in Chicago. You can't hear the word practice or playoffs without thinking of press yeah. conferences, right? We were in, yeah. We were in Chicago, whatever, three years ago, when the big three was going on. And we were out in Rosemont. There's a casino out there. And the story was that AI had been in the casino the night before my buddies and I got to town. And then all of a sudden... He didn't play in the game, the big three game. Really? And I'm worried about how much money is there. It's a shocker. I'm going to say he's... Wait, did you guess his age yet? Not yet. I'm going to say 42. 45. 45. I'm going to say he's 200 grand in the hole. Probably. He's worth $1 million. It says that he has spent $153 million. God damn, dude. Is that crazy? God, that sucks, yeah. man. That sucks. That's like Brewster's millions. How the fuck did he spend $153 million? Dude, how great was he? Holy shit. He was great. Dude, he was so fun to watch. He was great. Man. All right, here we go. All Two right. more. Vice President Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Well, oh, I got a good story. Uh, <laughs> Mike Pence freaks me out because he calls his wife mother. Yeah, I don't like that either. And he can't like be in a, he can't be in a room with another woman by himself. That's an agreement he has with his wife. He's vice he president of the United gonna, States. Gonna start pulling the goalie. What's yeah, his problem? I have no fucking idea. He also passed that law when he was governor of Indiana. Yeah, where you didn't have to deliver food to gay people. Remember that you didn't have to deliver yeah. pizzas if the people were gay. Good to see how progressive the state of yes. Indiana is. Congratulations. Uh, Mike Pence, I'm going to say, is 66. 61. 61. Put glasses on him. He's Dr. Drew. <laughs> he is. That's a great call. Uh, how much is he worth? $15 million. $2 million, it says. Nah, that's, all right. that's about right for him. <laughs> that's about right. Last one, Michael Sarah. Dude, where's he been? He's in Canada, it says. Is that right? Yeah, he lives in Canada. With Juno? Yeah, <laughs> with Juno. 
He's Dude. great in Superbad. I hated Dude. him at first, but then the more I watch that so movie, I realize he's so good. All right. We feel like that kid should be like 21. I'm going to say he's 34. 32. 32. How much is he worth? $8 million. $20 million. Oh, God damn. How does he have more money than Bill Hader? Right. <laughs> what the fuck's happening here? Did you see the story that came out? You mentioned Mike Pence, and I don't know if Mike Pence got drug into this story. Did you see now that all these male escorts are coming out, porn workers, and they're outing uh, Lindsey Graham? Oh, and they're great. outing Lindsey Graham because he's been so uh, in laws that he's passed. He's really discriminated against the gay people uh, of of his area. But I, I don't know. I feel like they were saying the gay community. I didn't, I'm sorry. I should have read Lindsey it. Graham, North Carolina? Am I wrong on that? See, it's funny. Is he North Carolina or South Carolina? He's in the Carolinas. <laughs> well, I know that. I know. It's just so funny that it's two different states. and Yeah. But that's the kind of guy, when you look at the last couple of years, whether it was him or McConnell, you're like, dude, you need to step up here, man, right? Yes. And you just South Carolina. Like, South Carolina. There we go. But, man, you read those stories that came out the other day. We won't go into great detail on it because a lot of you may be enjoying an apple fritter and a coffee. But you're like, <laughs> God dang, right? Crazy shit. So that's all we got for you. All right, here we go. Stay or goes. We're going right. Saturday Night Live edition. Oh, I like it. Okay. We're going to make it tough in the very beginning. Bill Hader or Will Ferrell? Oh, damn it. I watched the Will Ferrell scene today from uh, old school when yes. he took the dart in the neck. <laughs> Was that bad? Was that bad? Yes. Dude, I'm going to shock you. Okay. I'm going to take Bill Hader. Me too. I'm going to take Bill Hader because the scene where he is at the puppet school and he's doing the vet who'd been in Grenada might be my favorite goddamn Saturday Night Live clip of all time. Dude, like Will Ferrell, dude, that's a really tough one because Will Ferrell's They're amazing. both two of my favorites. Here, Here's what I'll say about Bill Hader. If you aren't doing anything after listening to this show, yeah. YouTube with Bill Hader doing Keith Morrison. Dude, right. It is the funniest fucking thing. You will dude, laugh out loud. It's right. so fucking good. The guy, who was the society guy that he did? Oh, he did. Um, is it Stefan? Yeah, Stefan. Dude, when he said that those guys would write lines in there and he wouldn't see them until they were actually in and yeah. it would make him laugh all the time. Yeah, he's. Dude, Bill Hader is fall. You know, I've never watched an episode of Barry. You haven't? It's a good show. Is it good? I like okay. it. I'll watch it. But, dude, when he, again, um, the guy McFarland, Seth McFarland's yep. the host, and they're at some, like, night school for puppets. <laughs> and Bill Hader's uh, vet talking about going to Grenada and his puppet. Puppet smoking. Dude, it's unbelievable how fucking funny that scene is. Yeah. Sorry, Will. That is so funny. All right, Steve Martin or John Belushi? Uh, Steve Martin plays the banjo. I'm going to have to go John Dude, Belushi. Dude, I'm with you 100%. Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase. Dan Aykroyd, 100%. Without a doubt, Chevy Chase is a cocksucker. Yeah, but I think he's changed, right? Like, ah, hasn't he learned the once lesson? Once a cocksucker, always a cocksucker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. There's so many people that have so many bad stories. I saw Chevy Chase one time at a Laker game. Some And Chevy Chase is a big dude. He's like 6'5". Yeah. 
Someone asked him for an autograph, and he palmed their face and pushed him into the ground. Ouch! At a game. I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Dan Aykroyd, though, I think is the only comedian I can think of. Someone's going to tell me I'm wrong tomorrow, but that I can think of that went from doing comedy to something serious and was very good. When he wasn't driving Miss Daisy, he was outstanding. Oh, yeah. He was dude, outstanding. Dan Aykroyd's cool. Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Uh, Farley. I'm with you. I'm with Farley. you. Farley. Farley's good. But guy. Sandler's great. Last one. David Spade, Chris Rock. Oh, dude. Uh, it's got to be Rock. No way. What? Dude, I met Chris Rock. He was an asshole. Him and I walked to the parking lot once out of the Staples Center together. Yeah. And all I said to him, I said, I know you get this all the time, but you're the funniest guy going right now. And he just went, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was like, you fucking that dick. confirms it. It was just like him That's and me. And he fucking couldn't fucking be cool and go, hey, man, I appreciate that. Nothing. Just a fucking he dick. He probably like Penny Hardaway. Knew you were looking was, for money. <laughs> he did. He pulled a Penny Hardaway on me. He fucking knew you were looking for money. He didn't have, he's not an asshole. Jesus. I'll take Chris Rock. I'll take confirm. Fucking jerk. All right. You're a fucking jerk. So we're we're out of here. We're back on Wednesday. A good big uh big thanks to John Pratt for uh for joining Patreon. Johnny Pratt and a shout out to Rose yes. and Tracy Waldron, who goddamn made me laugh so hard. Uh we'll end it this way. I never know who's listening to this show, right? I mean, another shout out to our friend Jim Bentoncourt, who's been through a lot of shit the last couple of weeks. But uh, I got to find just one thing. Hang on. Wherever it was, I put this on Twitter today. And it was highlight of my day happened at 745 when these posts showed up on my phone from a year ago from our friend Rose. What is this shit? <laughs> Sums up my feelings every day. Thanks to the wise words of Jeff Dotseth. If you're not listening to the Dave and Jeff podcast, you're missing out. To which Tracy replied, this is so true. The one that resonates with me is when Jeff says, I could not give less of a fuck. My feelings on many things in a nutshell, which just cracks me up, right? These are both moms. They have kids, the yeah. whole thing. Why they would listen to this stupid show, I have absolutely no idea. And then Rose sent me the nicest message because I put it on social media today. And I'll tell you, God damn it, where did it go? We're going to put it on your tombstone. I could not give less of a fuck. That's it. It's 100% <laughs> how I feel about 90% of these things. And uh, But it was just like, uh, where the fuck is it? Um, I don't know. But she just, uh, she just wrote how much she appreciates the show. And it was fantastic. So I appreciate that. And again, finally, before we go, a shout out to my friend Jordan Bean, and whoever the gentleman was today in OB who said, and remember this as your takeaway from this stupid show, uh, we've had video after video of African Americans being murdered without real change, but one video of a turtle with a straw in its nose and we banned single-use plastic. That's Holy right. shit. That turtle was a cokehead. <laughs> Goddamn was. Not my fault he's getting high out in the ocean. I got to go and get a fucking paper straw. Because of that guy, Timmy the Turtle? <laughs> yeah. I bet he's got more uh, questions than answers. All right. Stay safe. Check in on your friends. We'll see you Wednesday night. All right.
So 